Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. I don't think I watched the TV show Werewolf when it premiered. So during its first run, I missed the made-for-TV movie that was the premiere. But I do remember the first time I watched it. It was with my sister, and it ran on Sundays. And normally on Sundays, we would watch 21 Jump Street and then switch over to watch Family Ties. On one occasion, my sister just left on the TV, and this werewolf show comes on. And it very quickly took over the Sunday night slot that Family Ties had occupied. And what a great sandwich it was. 21 Jump Street, then you had Werewolf, followed by Married with Children. And that runs from 7 until 9. A great way to spend a Sunday evening. It's never fun when you like a show that gets canceled after one season. The problem with Werewolf in particular was that even while it was running, I thought it was a show that was very rewatchable. The subject matter, the details, the mythology they were building. But when it went off the air, I didn't have anything to watch. Later on, I would track down VHS copy of the show. But there was a long time in between where all I had were the memories of this show. And I couldn't help but doubt during that time that Perhaps the show wasn't as good as I remembered. Once I would reclaim the show, I would confirm this was definitely a show I liked. We're very lucky the age we live in. Almost everything becomes digital so quickly that it's very easy to track down media, especially for a show that got released on network television. The child in me only dreamed of this world, where I wouldn't lose anything, where I could track down almost everything I want. I just wish that some of that was retroactive that all of the shows from our youth was on demand so that other people could discover them. On today's show, I'm going to talk to you about one of those shows, the short-lived TV show Werewolf. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the camera. We'll talk a little bit about the plot. We'll go into the mythology of the Werewolf universe, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. has a plot very similar to a lot of shows that would come before it. I'm going to say they're in line with the TV shows like The Fugitive or The Incredible Hulk. The idea of a mixed up person who has a dark secret but is really good inside and they travel around getting into adventures, helping some people, but always need to leave because of their dark secret. In the case of Eric Cord, that problem is werewolfism or lycanthropy. Eric's a normal guy who just happens to get 
bit by his friend, who is a werewolf, and to try to free himself, he needs to go and kill the original werewolf who maintained the bloodline. The twist being his friend who had infected him, he has to kill. So now he's being accused of murder, and he spends the entire series trying to find the mysterious Yano Scorzini, hoping to kill him and break the curse. As the show would progress, we would find out that Scorzini was not in fact the original werewolf, but was instead an even eviler werewolf named Nicholas Remy. The show really jumps into the Fugitive and Incredible Hulk format by having one person hunting him down, the bounty hunter Alamo Joe Rogan. Unfortunately, because the series only ran for one season, Eric never broke the curse. I can only assume he's still out there. The show was created by Frank Lupo. It's a great name for a person creating a show about werewolves because Lupo is Italian for wolf. Frank Lupo is a television writer, producer, worked with Stephen J. Canal, creating shows like The A-Team, Hunter, and Riptide. He also wrote for a lot of great shows, including one of my favorite, Magnum P.I. There he wrote two episodes, The Ugliest Dog in Hawaii and No Need to Know, which are pretty good episodes. Now I'm going to jump into the cast. John J. York played Eric Cord. York was born in 1958, probably best known for his work on General Hospital, but he made appearances on a lot of great shows like 21 Jump Street, its lead-in on Sundays, Family Ties, its competition on Sundays, and Dynasty. Alamo Joe Rogan, played by Lance Legault. Lance Legault's probably most famous for his work as Colonel Roderick Decker on the TV show A-Team, but he also played Colonel Buck Green on the TV show Magnum P.I. He's got a great deep voice. I think he's been doing commercials for the Angry Whopper at Burger King, so if you were hearing those commercials a couple of years ago and you're like, who's this guy with the deep voice? It's Lance Legault. Fun fact, Legault's first three feature films were Elvis Presley movies, and that's because he was the stunt double for Elvis. One of the more interesting bit of casting for this show was the great Chuck Connors, who was cast as Janos Scorzini. If the name Janos Scorzini sounds familiar, you might be a Kolchak the Night Stalker fan, because Scorzini was the name of the fictional vampire in Kolchak the Night Stalker, and was purposefully named after that character. Chuck Connors, probably best known for his role as Lucas McCain in the ABC series The Rifleman that ran in the late 50s. But Chuck Connors was in a lot of things and had a very long career. What is really impressive about him is that he was also a professional athlete and is one of only 13 athletes in the history of American sports to have played both Major League Baseball and NBA basketball. Then he would just follow that up with a 40-year career in film and television, no big deal. Unfortunately, Connors wasn't long for this show. He, of course, wanted more money. And when you want more money on a show that doesn't have a high budget, they tend to write you out no matter how big of a name you are, which is very unfortunate. He was replaced by a great character actor, Brian Thompson, who played Nicholas Remy as the head werewolf. Remy is born in 1959. Very interesting looking fellow. Powerful looking face. Had small roles in movies like The Terminator and The Three Amigos. His first big role was in Werewolf. But later on, he would make several appearances in various Star Trek franchises, as well as probably most famously playing the alien bounty hunter on The X-Files. A role perfect for him when he's silently watching walking towards you. He's very menacing. He's probably one of these guys who's really nice in real life because he's really scary when you see him on TV. 
Music on the show was by Sylvester LeVay. LeVay is a Serbian-born Hungarian recording artist, started working in the late 70s in music, and got his Hollywood start in the 1980s, working well into 2000. Contributed music to Flashdance, Scarface, Airwolf, Mannequin, Hot Shots. A fairly prolific music maker, and this show has some pretty interesting music. After these messages, we will return. The home zombies are very, very dead. But they're not in their graves. And they're not walking the night. They're in the phone lines and they've got your number! Want bears? Dial 1-900-490-DEAD. Randomly selected callers get to talk to me live in the flesh. When you reach me, you'll wish you never called. Only $2 a call. And now, back to the show. What I really like about horror shows that develop over time, and I really wish the show had, is the mythology they decide to bring to the mythical characters in it. In this one, it appears that werewolves on the show are immune to just about everything, except for three things. Silver bullets, obviously. Being killed by another werewolf. Werewolf on werewolf violence kills werewolves. And suicide. But nothing else seems to kill them, even when they're shot and killed in their human form. Later on in the day, when the moon comes out, or at night, they turn into a wolf and suddenly they're back to life. There's also some inconsistency of when and how people age on the show. But I probably chalk that up to lack of continuity. There doesn't appear to be any sort of mystical thing around werewolfism in the show. You do have the pentagram on the hand, which is a common thing in werewolf mythology. But it does appear to be a sort of disease because not only will the bite turn you into a werewolf if you live, but we do learn in the show that if someone gets a blood transfusion, it can also turn somebody into a werewolf. But it's also not clear when people become werewolves. They can sometimes do it themselves when they want to. Others just can't control it. Just night comes and boom, they're a werewolf. With time, perhaps they would have worked this out. Scorzini wore an eye patch over his left eye in human form, but when he became a werewolf, he would turn into a wolf with two eyes, no eye patch. But then when he turned human again, the eye was gone. So I guess if you lose a limb or something in human form, the wolf gets it back, but for some reason it just kind of falls back out again. I want to talk a little bit about the transformations and the way these wolves looked because they were immense, huge werewolves. Really, really cool, like seven or eight feet tall, very powerfully built, and the transformation's really good. Probably a little too good because in later episodes, they would just reuse transformations again and again from the TV movie and earlier episodes. So very quickly, the show started to feel cheap because you can't help if you're watching every episode of the show but pick up on the fact that, oh yeah, I've seen that shot before. Unfortunately, that is why the show did not last long. The made-for-TV movie premiered on July 11th, 1987, and the show ended on August 21st, 1988. The ratings were decent, but the budget was just going up, 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 and for a show that was only 30 minutes long per episode, which I loved at the time to have a show that, that was that short, that was about something this cool, with that cost, it just couldn't last. 
The show would run on Saturday and Sunday, and I seem to remember it running multiple times on Sundays, maybe even on Saturdays, I don't know. It seemed like it was on multiple times a night. Its lead-in, as I had said on Sunday, was 21 Jump Street, followed by Married with Children, and it was up against Spencer for Hire on ABC, Murder, She Wrote on CBS, and Family Ties on NBC. There's some hard choices of TV to choose during that period. While there wasn't a lot of extra stuff produced for Werewolf, toys would have been really cool, sort of a whole Werewolf line. Blackthorn Publishing would put out a five-issue comic book series starting in July of 1988 based on the TV show, and each issue was based on an episode of the show. And the comic was written by Lance Hampton and illustrated by Donnie Jupiter. Prices vary. But you can find them online actually for about 10 maybe a few dollars less an issue. Blackthorn Publishing didn't last very long, ran from 86 to 89, probably best known for their 3D series where they reprinted classic comic strips in 3D. But they also did some great licensed material. I was reading online that they had made a major investment in making a 3D adaptation of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker film, and that didn't do so well. They lost quite a bit of money on that. After these messages, we will return. You're searching for a monster who's hard to find. But here's a hint, he's one of a kind. Then you can mash. Monster mash. Yes, got him. It's a wacky smash. Be the very first to find the fiend and then give him a whack. And start all over again. I'll do the mash. Monster Mash. It's Monster Mash. Wacky fun from Parker Brothers. And now, back to the show. So where do you see Werewolf now? A little bit after I started the Retroist, Shout Factory, releaser and creator of so many great DVDs, said that they were going to release Werewolf the Complete Series in October of 2009. It was later pushed back to October 20th, 2009, because they were going to add extra features, which is amazing. Unfortunately, there was a music licensing issue with the TV show. These audio tracks were overlaid with dialogue from the episodes, and they couldn't be excised without destroying the whole episode. And since they weren't able to come to an agreement with the song owners, they decided not to release it, and Shout Factory relinquished the rights to its original owner, Sony. And there it sits. That doesn't mean it's not available in places. The two-hour pilot was released on VHS in the UK way back in the day. And from 2007 to 2009, Chiller ran Werewolf in reruns. It was the main reason I wanted Chiller back then, was to watch this show. From that release, various versions of the show are floating around online. Sometimes it gets put onto YouTube. Other times you can buy a set on somewhere like eBay. Is it worth it? If you're a fan of Werewolves, yes. Mind you, this is a very 80s show in some regards, so it might not live up to the high standards that people will hold TV shows nowadays, but it's an entertaining show filled with very talented people, really cool special effects, and a great base of mythology. It's the perfect show to start watching during the Halloween season, which is upon us. So if you're looking for something to watch and you have a method for finding it, hint, hint, do a search online, why not check out Werewolf? 
while we are living in a golden age of television with almost too much content being released on a regular basis, I do think it's still important to look backwards at the great mass of entertainment that was released before us and appreciate the little shows that were very important in some people's lives. I think if you check them out, they might become important in yours. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist. You can also drop by the website at retroist.com. It's been a little while since I released an episode, and I appreciate everyone's kind emails and messages on the site. I'm hoping that in the long run, I don't take such long breaks in the future, and that I can release a show that you still all appreciate. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. You broke my heart, werewolf. You broke my heart. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.